1: My pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show. Our mission is to serve you and empower you to make better financial decisions in your life. This episode, I'm going to start with inflation busters. A lot of items getting more affordable now than they've been. And it's really, really cool. And something not so cool. You probably have seen the ads new mortgages available with only 1% down. A friend called me and asked, this sounds so exciting. Should my daughter do it? I'm going to let you know about the 1% down payment mortgage. So in the Cardiology Full Employment Act, the cost of eggs that had gone so high, and I wonder if there's a pattern, you know, when people's cholesterol is checked, if when egg prices went crazy high, if people's cholesterol numbers, the bad cholesterol went down, the good cholesterol numbers went up, because people couldn't afford to buy eggs. Eggs get a bad rap.
0: It's probably more like cheese and butter and stuff like that.
1: And ice cream. Fried high butterfat content, content, ice cream. foods, You know, well, the good news: egg prices are way, way down. Except as I heard, we had a staff meeting the other day, and I had no idea that people could take like their annual income to buy a dozen eggs. Buying what were all those eggs that we? A few of us. Several buy of you were talking about pasture-raised
0: eggs, because the well, the eggs aren't raised there; the chickens are. They eat grass and bugs and all those things that like they're supposed to eat instead of being kept in cages or even cage freeze. Like they're kept in like barn and stuff with, from what I understand, like corn and all this stuff like that. And actually, if you take a pasture raised egg and a traditional supermarket egg and crack them both open, the pasture eggs yolk is bright like orange. It's a totally different color. And so I do that, too. I get the cheapest pasture-raised eggs, but I buy pasture-raised eggs.
1: So are those are the things I see people in Costco with those big packs of these. They look really different packaged mm. eggs. I
0: know they have like they have like organic eggs at Costco, but I don't know if they're pasture-raised. If they are, I'm going to go get some there.
1: But anyway, normal earthlings who are not buying your fancy eggs are mm-hmm. paying a tiny fraction of what eggs were just not that long ago. And we're seeing so many things come down in price. Now, I talked about gasoline a couple of weeks ago and how the pattern of normal pricing was broken this year and prices for gasoline are so much cheaper than a year ago. Unfortunately, Saudi Arabia is trying to manipulate the price up in partnership with Russia. So we may see a little reversal of the pricing that we've seen at the gas pumps, but item by item, so many things are coming back down in price and many of them are going below what they were before the inflationary cycle that was so brutal for us for about 16 months. And there are some sectors that are still seeing higher and higher prices. But there are a bunch of things that are, in fact, a deal and have remained so. I don't think anybody could have gotten more free publicity than Arizona iced tea or Costco. Because remember, I told the story during the height of inflation, was that last year, year before, I talked about how the Arizona Ice tea people, their whole branding was on that 99 cent thing and that they were doing all kinds of things, including reducing their profits just to have that yep. price point. Remember I talked about that and Costco getting all that publicity for the $1.50 hot dog and drink. But here's one I saw from CNBC that I didn't think of and that's because I don't have young children anymore. Hot Wheels, still a dollar?
0: Oh, did you know that? I did not know that.
1: Yeah, so the cost of a real car has not come back to Earth yet, but Hot Wheels are still a deal. And then the other thing CNBC talked about, what's the fastest growing fitness chain in America?
0: Planet Fitness.
1: That is right. 10 bucks a month and no contract required. And I am a Planet Fitness member, but full disclosure, I pay 25 a month, not 10. Do you know why? What? Do you not want them to go into your checking account? No, no, no. Oh, Here's why I do it. Okay, the $10 a month, you can only go to a single location. Um, but I travel all the time. so I can go into any planet Fitness anywhere. And so for me that's worth paying the 25 instead of the 10. But the other thing is every time I finish my workout, they have these automated massage beds that you can get 10 minutes for free on every time after a workout my reward is I go and I spend my 10 minutes on the massage <laughs> that bed. That is awesome. I love so that. So I'm I want it clear that I'm wasting $180 a year, but it's not wasting. It's not. I don't no. know. you
0: say health? They say you juggle a lot of balls, but the health ball is glass. It breaks if you drop it. You really need to put your money Listen to toward you. important things like that, right?
1: Wow. The health ball is glass. Mm-hmm.
0: And family. Ever,
1: which one of your inspiring podcasts did you hear? I don't
0: though? know. I don't know. I don't remember who's told me that. Are you ready for questions? I'm ready
1: for okay. questions.
0: Ken in Florida says, hi, Clark. My wife, daughter, and I are lucky enough to be going on vacation in London for a week in October. We booked our flight with British Airways and after buying our tickets found out that if we want to choose where we will sit, we'll have to pay an exorbitant fee. Otherwise we can pick our seats for free when we do online check-in. 24 hours before All the right, flight. so
1: guess what? Do you know what British Airways charges for a seat assignment? What? Up to $150 per person per flight.
0: Is that like just a normal seat, or would that be like an upgraded... It, it's
1: just a normal seat. Wow. It, depending on where it is, is considered to be desirable, you pay more. If it's not, you pay less. And guess what? They even charge it to people who are doing front of the plane.
0: Oh, wow. You have to
1: pay... a seat assignment fee. Go on with the question because it's kind of outrageous.
0: Okay so Ken wanted to know if you had experience with BA. Obviously you do. Is it likely that we will be able to sit together if we wait until check-in? Also any tips you have for visiting London would be appreciated.
1: Okay first things first being able to sit together as a family. The way you do this is you're not going for several months. Once a month and then once you hit uh, October. Once you hit A month out, I want you to start checking this weekly, you look at the seat maps and you'll be able to see if the seats start vanishing right before your eyes, then at some point they might have twisted your arm enough that you pay seat assignment fees. But if you get really close to departure, there's still a lot of seats open on the map, then exactly 24 hours you go to check in. And you'll be able to get seats together because most passengers won't spend the seat fees. And so everybody's in this mad rush exactly 24 hours in advance. So you got to be right at the ready at your computer and book those seats exactly then. But as you track it over the months, you'll see if you need to be nervous or not. So London's fantastic. If you Just go on whatever search engine you like. You search things to do, and this is for any major tourist destination, things to do in blah, 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 in your case, London. You'll see all kinds of lists if if they're young kids, things to do with young kids, whatever. Those lists are so useful because you'll look through one and you'll say, okay, that's something I want to do. Yeah, that might be great, but I'm not doing that. You really get the feel. You want to ride public transit in London. The London Underground is the way to get around there. You can ride for sightseeing purposes. You can ride the double-decker buses, which gives you kind of a good feel. But I love that red hop-on, hop-off
0: bus. I did that when do? I had my kids in London. Especially when you first get there, it gives you a lay of the land that you don't get if you're riding around the tube. And then you can see where you might want to go back to.
1: Don't tell that to my son Grant. Because all I ever did was I had figured out which double decker buses would give us a good tour. And it saved us so much money over going on the, the big red tour bus. Oh. Because I wouldn't spend that money. It
0: was hop on, hop off. Which yeah, the hop great. on.
1: Yeah. But we just kept taking different buses. Sure. And it was so much cheaper than doing the hop on, hop off. I won't ever do those things in cities. Because I just, you know, I'm too cheap. I just, Mm -hmm. you know, my kids still, all three of my kids still complain that when we went to the Eiffel, I took the three of them on a trip by myself. What a crazy idea. And we went to the Eiffel Tower. And they wanted to ride the elevator. Well, I wouldn't spend the money for the elevator. Oh, my god! So we walked up the stairs. Oh, okay. I was going to say, if you didn't go. No, we walked up the stairs. Okay. And to this day, all three of them still complain about the fact that I wouldn't pay for the elevator. And my thing, if it meant that much to you, go back and pay for the elevator.
0: Ted in Rhode Island says I was recently referred by my primary care doctor to a new medical specialist due to the retirement of my current one. I had my yearly checkup in early May with the new specialist and was charged my $50 copay given a clean bill of health and a follow up in a year. A week later, I received a bill for $379.81 from this physician, charging for hospital-based services. Upon investigation, the new specialist office, in the same office park location as my prior specialist, and not anywhere near the hospital, is designated as a hospital-based location. They claim to be a satellite affiliated with the local hospital and can charge facilities fee for checkup appointments. I was never advised of the fee, nor was this location considered a hospital. I've contacted Rhode Island's Lifespan Health System and was advised I have no recourse but to pay, and any future checkups with the specialist would include this hospital-based services fee. I also contacted the Rhode Island Attorney General's office, and though I have not yet heard back. Is this essentially a new revenue stream for health care, and is there anything, any additional action that you would advise?
1: So, Ted, it's actually worse than all that. What's happening is... In markets all over the country, hospitals are bulking up and becoming hospital systems. They're buying up primary care practices, specialist practices, and the rest to act as a feeder. I got an email from my insurer just yesterday saying, you know, that test you just had, if you click here, we'll show you how much money you would have saved if you had not had it at a hospital-affiliated facility. And I would have saved $271 of it out of my own pocket if I had not had it at the hospital-based facility. The hospitals buy up these practices. The doctors become employees. They pay the doctors usually, in many cases, in the millions of dollars to sell their practices. And then the patients are billed for this through these junk fees. So the doctors become employees, no longer own their own practice. The hospital has paid all this money and has to pay the doctor a salary, and they turn around and bill you these junk fees. And these are, as stated, is exactly as you said, they're satellite facilities, i.e. doctors' offices, or nondescript doctors' building or medical building somewhere, But for insurance purposes, they're all treated as if they're in the building of the hospital itself that sent the junk fee. So anytime you are hiring a doctor, think of it this way, you are the patient hiring a doctor. You are the customer going to that doctor. The question you need to ask now is, is this doctor employed by a hospital system Or are they an independent doctor? Because otherwise, you're going to see all these fees a lot of times not covered by insurance.
0: Okay. Brenda in Massachusetts says, My husband recently spent $170 on what he calls polarized OSHA-protected lenses. Is there a better deal for this? I often get grief for what I spend, yet have never spent that much on sunglasses. Your help will greatly assist a marital back and forth. Summer season is upon us. Thank you for all you do.
1: Brenda, I don't want to cause marital uh, disharmony or conflict. So if you go, let's just say, I mean, look at Amazon. Oh, it comes up right away. OSHA approved. They're sunglasses. It's to be safety sunglasses. glasses. All right, let's look polarized. So they start at ten dollars a pair, twelve dollars a pair, fourteen dollars a pair, eleven dollars. Just like regular sunglasses, they come in all shapes, sizes, brands, and prices. So this is. There's nothing magic about being OSHA safety other than that they protect your eyes in situations where you might be subject to impact is what the OSHA standard is really about and so you can get OSHA safety approved sunglasses polarized glasses really really inexpensively or very expensively depending on what you want let me see if I can find okay here's one for $372 Oh, so, see, he got a deal. So you can run them up, but most of them are ten to twenty-five dollars. And you buy your glasses at Sunglasses at well, it's now dollar twenty-five tree. So I'm paying a dollar twenty-five, which is more than I want to spend because I was happier when they were a dollar. Recently, I saw a sale at Lidl on sunglasses that were really good-looking, actually and they were $3, and I couldn't bring myself to spend the $3. I'd
0: like to see those. Things get better looking to you when they're cheaper,
1: for sure. All right, let's go to Lidl. (laughs) You can buy your designer eggs and your other designer groceries there, and you can look at the $3 sunglasses with me. Coming up ahead, we're going to talk about the most expensive thing we do in our lives, It's really, really hard right now to become a homeowner. The cost of houses has stalled out because of the very high, by recent standards, mortgage rates, not by historical standards, but by recent standards. And so people are looking at crazy high monthly payments because home values rose so quickly from the market bottom in 2012 through last year that the affordability just went out the window. So people are looking for any creative way to be able to buy a home. Most common people are doing now, they're going for an adjustable rate loan. ARMs grow in popularity and then vanish depending on what's going on with the interest rate environment. The thinking right now, and I'm open-minded on this, is that interest rates are higher than they will be if we look a few years down the road on mortgages. And so even though taking out what's known as a five-year arm is risky when you're buying a home, you will get normally a meaningfully lower rate than you would if you go into a traditional 30-year fixed. In a five-year arm, your payments are set based on a 30-year term, but the rate is only guaranteed to you for the first 60 months. There are variations of this where it's set for, uh, for seven years, first 10 years, but really the interest rate break benefit is at five years, and so it is a calculated risk that you're not going to be stuck in a really burdensome loan if you can't refi it in that five-year window. And then the rate resets once a year, typically, based on then-current interest rates. So this is something that people are doing that, again, I'm open-minded on as an alternative to paying today's high rates on a 30 year fixed. The second thing that's hot right now, I'm not a fan of, is being heavily promoted in advertising through ads on the web and the rest, is the 1% down payment. It's because people are trying to buy a home, they're stretched to come up with money, and the 1% down. Well, on a three hundred thousand dollar home, be you got to come up with three thousand dollars. Where usually to get in a home, you need five percent down, so you got to come up with fifteen thousand in that scenario. And a lot of people, that's a bridge too far. Somebody comes along and says, "You only have to have the one percent down." They're like, "Great, I'm going to do this." But then, what are you doing? You're upside down on your home, upside down because. The cost, if later you needed to sell your home, and my guess is that home values are not going to escalate like they have in in that 10-year window. So when you go to sell a home with commissions and other selling expenses and all the rest, if you borrow 99% of the cost of the home, you're going to be upside down when you go to sell, meaning if you need to sell for years to come, you're going to have to bring money to the closing table to sell. It makes you more subject to potentially ending up in a foreclosure situation. That's really ugly. Plus, let's add more fun into this. If you finance 99% of the purchase instead of 95 or 90 or something like that, your monthly payment is now based on a higher balance And then in turn, at these higher rates, you have a higher monthly payment. So this is something I can't think of circumstances where I would recommend it. It's not a scam. It's not a ripoff. In my opinion, you're ripping off yourself in these 1% down payment loans. Krista? Mm -hmm.
0: Chris in Iowa says, hi, Clark. I hope your health continues to improve. You've been such a blessing to so many people throughout the years. And a lot of people wrote that in after you did your health update. Is real estate rigged to increase pricing? I keep earning more, but still can't afford anything but fixer-uppers. I feel like the system is rigged to increase the prices. Realtors and sellers want as much as they can get. Banks want to make loans and appraisers want employment, if they don't appraise it what the realtor and seller want, they aren't likely to be used by that realtor again. Somehow it seems rigged. I've been trying for years to find a small acreage to build a modest home. Every time I get a raise, I think I can do it, and then nope. Prices go up. Buyers are buying up land. I can't seem to win unless I take a second job. Right now, it's either a shabby house on the right amount of land, too much land to afford a land loan, or a nice house on a tiny property.
1: (sighs) So, Chris, first of all, let me go back to the first thing you said. I want to thank you and so many other wonderful people who've been worried about my health, and I'm doing okay. I'm doing all the checkups I'm supposed to do, and I expect to be with you for years and years to come. But I appreciate the kindness that so many people have expressed towards me. The real estate market, in little bits exactly what you said does happen. The market is goosed higher by forces in the industry that have self-interest, as you said, that have houses appraised for more and all those things. Those are all true. But the big problem that is the overriding one is the shortage of housing units in the United States. And we are millions of units short, but there are a lot of signs that The marketplace is going to take care of that. Land issue aside, I'll talk about that in a second. In the case of housing construction, you may think, how is this related? Apartments are being way overbuilt in the United States, and there's roughly a million new apartment units that are in the pipeline. And housing units, whether they're for the rental market or for the ownership market, all are part of the same pie. You think about multifamily units can easily be converted from apartments to condos, all the rest. So the housing supply is quicker than I expected. Some of the difficulties will be helped out, not resolved, but helped out by the wave of construction. I'm also very excited about new methods of construction which make housing potentially much more affordable for single-family homes. Land prices. There's a pattern with land prices that as metro areas sprawl, and most population in the United States is in mid-size or large metro areas, and they have sprawled out, so land that was prior undeveloped or farmland has gone up a lot in price. The irony is that much of rural America land values have gone down, but in these areas that most Americans congregate, in these mid sized and large metro areas around the country, land even in what we think of as rural or farming land has gone up a whole lot. So the thing you said about a tiny property, what people are being forced to do if they want acreage is they're being forced to go much further out even beyond exurban areas because it's urban suburban exurban and they have to be ultra long commuters to get that more affordable land
0: kelly in maryland says my husband and i froze our credit today based on advice from the podcast it feels great to be protected especially for free We also read through the Clark.com website's article about freezing credit for our minor children. If we do this, is their credit automatically thawed when they reach 18?
1: That is a great question, and the answer on that has been a moving target. Today, what seems to be the gist from the three major credit bureaus is that the credit freeze becomes the responsibility of the minor child. Typically at age 16. And so the freeze does not go away anymore. There was once a time that the freezes automatically expired so that it wouldn't interfere with kids applying for financial aid for college. And now instead, the freeze has become the responsibility of the child instead of the parent at age 16. Um, I've been reading. The wording, and I thought it was 17, but it seems I'm wrong that it's 16. So th- the freeze stays in place, it just becomes managed by the child him or herself at 16, not at age 18.
0: Reg in New Hampshire says used car prices are still high, and in the wake of this, it seems like a growing sort of niche market has arisen: rebuilt total loss cars. There are a number of dealerships that sell nothing but these. I have three credit unions. Only one will finance these with conditions such as 25% down and inspection by one of their inspectors. I think Clark should address this growing niche so buyers know what they're getting into. I've had one of these years ago, had it inspected and owned it until it dropped, and it was a great value for me. This is definitely caveat emptor territory.
1: Yeah, Reg, thank you so much for bringing this up. No one's asked about this in the last couple of years at least. Mm -hmm. I have a friend who always her whole car buying lifetime, after her first vehicle that she bought new ever since, she's always bought what are called salvage title cars or may uh, different state DMVs use different terms for them. But vehicles that have been in a wreck, totaled by insurance, they then have kind of like a spoiled title. But the reason for the inspections and all that, you got to know what you're getting into because a lot of insurers now will total a car that is no way is severely damaged. It could be as simple as the airbags deployed in the vehicle and the insurers like they're done with this vehicle. So it's very possible if you are very careful, like you're talking about, Reg, To buy a salvage title vehicle, the one that was totaled by an insurer, and have something that's safe to put on the road, and you can feel comfortable with it. But you got to know what you're doing, because if not, you could end up with something that is nothing but trouble. The biggest area of hassle with salvage title vehicles, flood cars. Because those are nothing but trouble for the entire time you would ever end up with one so thank you for mentioning it because again no one has brought this up in a long time you'll see i should mention a lot of times in disclosures now you'll see that the dealer selling the vehicle and sometimes they are specialty dealers like you're talking about will put right in the listing that it is a salvage title vehicle and makes you aware up front that that's what you're getting into. And I want to tell you that this is a perfect example of why what we're about, one of our three principles, avoiding ripoffs. So if you're going to save more and spend less doing this, you've got to also be completely on your game and have really solid inspections done of that vehicle by a mechanic of your choosing. And I hope you have an absolutely wonderful day.